morning, church. How everybody doing? Good? Got these stairs here. It's kind of weird. The other day I was walking, I hit my leg. I almost went flying. Got a big old knot and bruise. My... Of course, my wife, Desiree, she said, you're not as young as you used to be. Be hurting yourself out here. But today is the conclusion of a series that we've been in, Better Than Good. And for the past couple of weeks, we've been speaking about how we're made to be holy in the same way that God is holy. You know, and in the scripture, in the original language in Hebrew, when they wrote the scripture, the word that they used wasn't holy. It was called kadash. And kadash has a double meaning to it. Kadash means that it is sacred and set apart. And what you find in the Old Testament and the New Testament is there were times of worship, times of repentance when they were worshiping God. And they were saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. In the original language, they were saying, Kadash, Kadash, Kadash. God, you are sacred and set apart. Sacred and set apart. Sacred and set apart. Something they were emphasizing. And they wanted to make sure that they were really expressing all that they have. They were worshiping the living God. And so when we think of that, it's like, man, it's hard to put in, in, in the terms that we are holy, right? That we could even be a part of something that is sacred, something that is set apart. But the word of God says that his spirit lives within us, that he is holy and we are made to be holy. And that's something we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks, right? About his holiness and how we are designed to be holy vessels here on this earth. Whether we understand it or not, it's something that we're actually capable of because of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit. He said, you are holy. And we talked about, you know, to grow in his holiness, we have to grow in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He is the one that teaches us. He's the one that reminds us. He's the one that corrects us at times. He reguides us. But we need to grow in that relationship with the Holy Spirit so we can be sensitive to his voice, so we can receive correction at times, so we can have discernment and vision to see things clearly in the way that God sees them and not ourselves. We also talked about one of the enemies that comes against that is the war in our minds, right? That the enemy will often use things that are external to try to influence us, to try to scare us. But even internal, our minds play a huge role. And we need our minds to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We need our minds to be in control by the Holy Spirit so he can renew our thoughts. Because if we renew our thoughts, we can renew our actions. And we can see that holiness that comes from above flow through us and out of us. So that's what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks and about being better than good. God designed us not just to have a good life, but a better life with him. And that doesn't always mean in terms of having a mansion and fancy cars, right? But it does mean that instead of getting mad because of somebody, the way they're treating me is actually I could bless them instead. That does mean instead of me losing my patience with my children, I can have the strength and the wisdom to love on them and correct them in ways that help them be, man, responsible young adults. That means we can be holy, we can be better than good in this life that we live. And today we're coming to the conclusion of that because that's something we're always striving for, we're always working for, um, of asking God to help us be better. And too often I think we sell ourselves short for what God has for us because we read his word and we think, man, God, you've done an amazing thing with some bad people. But surely you can't do something like that with me. But the word of God reminds us, no, this is exactly what I love to do. I love to do the opposite of what the world says I can do. I love to do the opposite of what you think I can do. 
because I am the Lord Almighty, I can do anything and all things. Because I do things that are not just good, I do things that are better. And so today I want us to start off by praying for that. I also want to pray for everybody in Israel. I want to pray for all our families that are sick. We got a lot of families. My own son, he's sick right now. He got a fever. But I know several families got strep. They got the flu. If you're coughing, just put a mask on ours. No, I'm just playing, Suzanne. No. But I know it's just that time of the year, right? There's a lot of things going on, not just personally in our family, but around the world. And the beautiful thing is that God is almighty. So he could be here, there, and everywhere and always working and moving. And so we want to join him in their work. And so, Father, we just come before you this morning just thanking you that you're a living God. That means that you could take dead situations and birth new life. That means before we are even aware of what you are doing, Father, you're already at work. You're moving behind us, ahead of us. You're moving through us. And so, Lord, we just want to join you in that work. We want to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Because your word tells us that it's through your spirit we could be renewed. It's through your spirit we could be changed. And so we just thank you that you've given us that advocate of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who laid down his life so we could receive a new life, Lord. We thank you that it's through the shedding of his blood that we have gained the authority and the access to heaven, Lord. That you have good things for us, Lord, but even better things than what we think for ourselves. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would be with the families in Israel. That even in the difficult times like this, Lord, you are still present. That even when the enemy shows and he's prowling around like a lion, Lord, he is never in control because you have all authority. So, Father, we just pray that you would be near by those that are affected, uh, that you would be the shelter, you would be the refuge, that people would find rest, they would find comfort, they would find endurance and strength, Father. We pray that through this situation, uh, many people will come to know you and you will birth good fruit for your kingdom, Lord. We pray for our families that are sick now, Lord. Uh, that you would just rest on them, Father, that they would find healing in the name of Jesus, Lord, that wherever they at, they would find a closeness to you, a sweetness to you, Lord, like they have never felt, Lord, and that it would spur them on to encourage other people who are maybe suffering, Lord, whatever that looks like, Father, we thank you for being you and for allowing us to do life with you. So help us, Lord, not just settle for the things of the world, not just settle for what we think, but always look to be better. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, when you're in school, they have these things. It don't matter if you're elementary, middle school. They have career days, right? And in career days, what's the purpose? They're trying to show you something that you could be capable of doing. Maybe you have these dreams that you aspire to be something. And when you're young, you always have these huge dreams, right? I want to be an astronaut. That's what my son G always tells me. I want to be a doctor. I want to be this or that. And as you grow older, right, you still have some of those dreams. But sometimes you start to allow the influence of others to start picking at your dream. And sometimes you start to conform. You say, man, how are you going to be that? Man, that don't even pay the bills. You need to get your head out of the sky. What are you even thinking about? You ain't got the skills from that. You ain't got family or anybody that can do something like that. And oftentimes we hear those outside influences. We start to think about ourselves. We start to say, you know what? I don't know if I can do that. We start to conform the dream that was given and start to change. You know what? Maybe I, I do need to be serious about this. Maybe my head is in the clouds. Maybe I'm thinking of things that's not possible for me. But what if the dream, the vision that was, you've been having since a young age was God-given? What if it isn't just something that you pulled out of the air, but it was something that God had destined for you 
and wanted you to see through all. That'll be different, right? And I think that's something we struggle with of discerning if this is God, if this is us. But what I've learned in my life is that whenever it's a God vision, it's a God dream, man, you could actually see it happen in your life despite where you come from, what you look like, what you think you're capable of. Because we are loved by a living God who has all authority, all access, all power, all the things to see a dream come true. And so as you think about these dreams, even as a young child and to where you are now, what does that dream look like for you today? Have you fulfilled those dreams? Or have you allowed the influence of others to pull away from maybe a dream that God was trying to give you, maybe a vision that he had for you? How much are we missing out because we simply won't take the step of faith, the step, the leap of faith? And I always think about this verse, and I want us to read it this morning, because this is the message comes from Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. It's probably a verse that many of us have heard. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, say, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So we see that God, before you were even born into this life, he already had some plans for you. And a lot of times he gives us those plans at different moments in our life. But I want you to take this away this morning. I want this to be written on your heart just like that verse. Take this away. God has holy plans with your name on it. And it comes with his provision. God has holy plans, okay? That means you are able to be holy. He has holy things. And specifically, it's got your name on it. Not mine, but yours. Sometimes we look at people's life and we say, man, that's awesome. God is doing amazing things. I can see what God is using them for. And we forget about ourselves. Because his word says, I have plans. So it's not just one thing that God wants to do in our life. But there are multiple specific things that God has planned for you. They are good even when it doesn't feel like it, when it doesn't look like it. They will bring forth a future and a better thing than you could envision for yourself. They will give you hope when things are difficult and tough. And he said, you can spend time with me in these places and I'll be listening. You could be looking for me in these places and you're going to find me. Because my provision comes with my plans. And he wants us to learn that. Because for many of us, what do we say, man? I need to have all the details, Lord. I, I get what you're saying, but how are we going to get there? I want to go from A to B. So I need, I need a picture of the idea. I need a map. I need all the things so I can know how we're going to make this happen. Because we've learned in life what? When we try to do things in our own ability, when we try to do things, we have all our ducks in a row. We have everything planned out. Sometimes it still don't work. And sometimes we allow that that we've done without God to affect what God wants to do with him. And so when he gives us a vision and a plan, we say, Lord, I don't know, man. You know what I did, right? You remember that summer that I did all this and I got the money and I got the people and I had the plans. And you remember how it blew up in my face, Lord? I don't know how I can do what you're asking of me. That seems impossible. But that's the difference, though, is doing something without him and doing it with him. You know, there's many times that God had given me a dream and a vision. And I said, Lord, that's crazy. There is no way I could do this. I don't even know where to begin. I don't, I don't know who I talk to. Like, what do I even do? And all he told me is oh, if I just trust him and I walk with him, if I obey him, 
I will see it come to pass. I will see it happening. But I'm like, Lord, you see I got these tattoos. These things don't come off, Lord. They're there. You see the way I talk. You see how I dress. Lord, I'm losing my hair. How is this going to work, Lord? This makes no sense. Sometimes we have a fear of being misled, of being let down, of getting hurt and being reminded that we took a leap and it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. But see, there is a difference between a fear that we have ourselves, a fear of the enemy, and a fear of the Lord. There's a different thing. You see, because fear can be a healthy thing when the Holy Spirit is the one speaking to us. Fear can be healthy when he's trying to give you discernment and say, hey, hey, don't, don't talk to them people now. You're telling them too much. Hey, you shouldn't be hanging over there. Hey, you don't need to be doing that. That's a good fear to have because he's trying to bring awareness. There could be a good fear of, of God speaking to us and trying to lead us down the right way. And then there's the other type of fear, right? A different fear that is not from God, that is trying to keep us from the things that God has for us. Sometimes even a fear from within ourselves. And I want us to think whenever there's a fear, but it's not coming from God, that means it's not pleasing to God, it doesn't honor God, it isn't God trying to make us aware of a situation, that we need to understand that this is a fear trying to keep us from what God has for us. It's not the fear of the Lord. It's a fear of the Lord. And I want you to think of fear in this terms whenever you have that other fear that is not of God. Take that acronym right there. When you break it up, man, fear that is not of God, it is false evidence appearing real. It's false evidence. That means, yes, it could be tangible. You can see it, but it's not the reality of what God has for you. It's different. It's a fear that is trying to keep you from the things that God has for you. It's a fear that is trying to stop the plans that God has for you. It's a fear that wants to keep you where you're at and make you settle for something less. So if I have a fear that's keeping me from walking with God, then it isn't from God. If I have a fear that is telling me God is going to let me down, then it's the enemy trying to keep me down. If I have a fear that is telling me it can never happen for me, then I have a fear within myself of doubting what God is actually capable of. Church, God doesn't put your name on plans for them to sit on the shelf. If he's got your name on something, that means it's possible. That means he's going to make a way for it. That means you could actually see these things happen. And we all understand that we're all accountable for what we do. But with God, though, we got to understand it's different. Because when it all depends on us, what happens? Well, I got to get the people. I got to get the money. I got to get all these things. It's all dependent on me. But God's saying, look, I don't need you to depend on you. I need you to depend on me. I have the resources. I have the people. Uh, the skills you need, I'll teach you. The opportunities that you need, I'll open those doors. The people that you're going to need to accomplish it, man, I'll bring them to the fold. The people that are for you, I'm going to remove. But you have to depend on me. You have to walk with me. And when it's my plan, my provision comes with it. Everything that you need to see it through is going to happen. But do we trust him with that? Do we actually believe that he's capable of these things? That God could use a wretch like me to do something that is holy, something that is impactful. The truth is he can I know a lot of people look at me, they look at my life, they say, man, that is awesome. I can't believe God did that for you. I'm like, man, imagine what he could do for you. Imagine the plans that he has for you. If he could do this for me, man, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do for you. Because his word says, I have plans with your name on it.
Everything that you need will come. And the thing that's going to be required of you is to take the step that's in front of you. And this is what I mean. I want you to take this away this morning. Walking in faith requires obedience in the fearful. Okay? Walking in faith. Me actually seeing these things come to pass, it means that I got to be okay even when I'm not okay. Right? I'm going to be real. I'm emotional. I have feelings too. I get afraid. I get scared. But God says, just take the step. Just trust me in this. Just walk with me. I know that you don't understand how this is going to work out, but trust that I've already figured it out. And if you would follow me and just do what I'm asking you in this one little step in front of you, watch as it continues to make another and another and another. But will you trust me with that? Do you really believe that I am the living God? Do you really believe that I'm capable of doing anything even through you? It's going to take faith. It's going to require obedience even when it doesn't make sense and I'm afraid. The other day it was real foggy. Anybody like the fog around here? The fog is, is kind of a crazy thing because it's like we always look at the clouds and be like, I wonder what it would be like. But the thing about the fog, and this is what God was teaching me the other day, is it's actually a beautiful thing. Because sometimes when you're in a foggy place, when it's foggy around you, you can see kind of far, right? You can see a good little distance. I might be able to say across the street, maybe down the way. And sometimes there's that fog that you could just see what's in front of you. You can't see any further than that. And a lot of times we think of the fog in a negative way, right? We're like, man, what's this fog doing here? It's getting in my way. I got places to be. It's making my life more difficult. But I want us to think when it comes to the Lord and following his plans, the fog is actually a blessing. The fog is actually his protection. Because sometimes God knows if he gives you too much of the vision, what happens? We run ahead of him. We try to make our own way. We say, no, Lord, you said I'm going to be there, so I need to make sure that I'm making the things. And we move ahead of him. So his fog is often his protection. He say, look, man, I know you ain't got all the details, but if you just trust me, if you depend on me, just take this step. Do this one thing. And watch as I continue to add on it, as you continue to be obedient and continue to walk in faith. So that's the thing about the fall, church. Don't view it as a negative thing. God isn't holding anything back from you that he doesn't want you to know. So sometimes if he's keeping things, that's not a bad thing. You just probably ain't ready for it. You probably need to grow in a certain area. There's probably some things that he's trying to prepare you and grow you in. So don't look at it as a bad thing. A lot of times we just like, man, Lord, it'd be nice, though, if I could go from point A to point B. I just want that straight path. And often when we think of God, we think that's the path that we're going to take. It's going, okay, that's where you're taking me? I can just go straight ahead. But what you learn is that's not the path. But you learn it's going to be some zigzags, it's going to be some mountains, some hills, some valleys. It's going to look way different than what you thought it did. But at the end of the day, God is still faithful. He's still going to make a way. He's still going to see you through. But can you walk in faith? Can you be obedient even when you're fearful, when it's hard, when it doesn't make sense, when it doesn't feel good? Can you trust that his plans are good for you, that they're not for disaster? Even though it feels that way, even though the enemy's telling you this, even though you got people around you like, I don't know why you're doing that. That's never going to work out for you. That ain't for you. See, people can always say a lot of things, but it can never change what God says about you. They can never change the plans that God has for you. And if he says something, 
man, you could take him at his word. No matter what anybody else says is possible, if he said it, it's always possible. It's exactly for you. I want us to read this verse out of 1 Corinthians 13, 12. It says, now we see things imperfectly like puzzles, reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. So we don't have to have the whole picture to walk in faith and obedience. All we have to do is trust the one who does and believe what he says. The other day I was reading this book. It's called The Alchemist. And it's by Pablo Coelho. And in this book, there's this boy named Santiago. And Santiago, growing up, his family wanted him to be a priest. But Santiago was like, man, I'm trying to travel. I'm trying to see things. I won't be tied down that way. So Santiago becomes a shepherd. Because shepherds at that time, they travel. You know, they got to take their herds to different fields. He's able to see things. And life was good for Santiago. He enjoyed being a shepherd. He enjoyed, man, his work. He met a young lady. You know how that be sometimes. Met a young lady, a merchant girl. And he thought, man, this is a good life. This is the life for me. And then he had a dream. And in this dream, he's going to these pyramids in Egypt. And he's digging and he finds this treasure. And it's bigger than what he could envision for himself. And this dream, he couldn't shake it. Constantly thinking about this dream. So he goes and he asks this lady about this dream. She interprets it. And he's like, man, so it's real. Then one day this old man comes and talks to him and he's telling him that that dream is real, but it's up to Santiago what he chooses to do. He could have the life that he currently has or he could have something better. But to get there, he's not going to have all the information. He's not going to know how it's going to work out. He's just going to know that that's what his name's on. And if he wants it, he could go for it. He had a big decision. When you read through the book, you get to the end. What you discover is that Santiago chose the journey and he looked back on his own journey. And he looked back at all the relationships and the things that he acquired along the way. And he's like, man, you know what? I'm so glad that I took that faith, that I took that step, that I believed in it. Even when everybody else saying I was crazy, even when it got tough, even when I didn't make sense, even when I got distracted, I messed things up. I'm still glad that I took this journey because in it, he found the love of his life. He learned a lot of things. He went farther in places than he would have without it. And you think about this. How many of us have had experiences with God that he's led us through something very difficult, very hard. And at the end of it, we're like, man, God, you've taught me a lot through this. I know if you would have shown me this ahead of time, I would have been like, nah, God, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to experience that. I don't want to have to face that. I don't want to go through these things. But you're grateful that you did. Just like Santiago, we got a choice to make, church, that we could have a decent life. We could have a good life. We could remain being what somebody else wants us to be. We could remain being what we think we want. Or we could achieve something even greater with God. Something that is better than good. Something that only he can do because he's got his glory at the end of it. What we don't see, what we don't know, they aren't limitations, church. They're actually an invitation to discover what's possible with God. So I'm going to say that again. What we don't see, what we don't know, there aren't limitations to what God can do in my situation. Just because I come from this place, just because this is all I know, this is the skill set, these are all I have, Lord. 
That's not a limitation to what God wants to do in your life. It's an invitation to what he's capable of doing and what you could discover with him. But it comes back to you. What are you going to do with it? What are you deciding for yourself? You know, in this passage in, in Jeremiah 29 that we started off with, it's probably one that you see a lot. You go to a Christian store, they got it on signs, they got it on books. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. You've probably have heard that before. But do you know that God spoke to them while they were in captivity? In that chapter 29, he's speaking to the Israelites. And at that time, they had already been messing up to the point that they became exiled, that they became captives of Babylon. And so at that moment, life was difficult. And then God came and gave them this word. And that's a word for us, too. That even when we mess things up, when we get distracted, when we don't do things perfectly, God is still God and he still has good things for us. He still has great plans for our life. That means that where we find ourselves isn't the end of the world. And I want to read this verse out of Psalms seventy-three twenty-four, because it just ties it up. At the end of the day, yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. You're leading me to a glorious destiny. Even when I leave his hand, when I try to remove myself from God, he never removes himself from me. Even when I mess things up, he's still a good father waiting for me to get it fixed and get it right with him. The word of God says that nothing can separate us from the the love of God. You read that in Romans chapter 8. Nor death, no life, no demons, no angels, no trials, tribulations. He says all these things that a lot of times we think in our mind, surely if this happens, then I'm not connected to God. But God says, I'm always going to be connected to you because I created you. Because you come from me. You are a part of me. So even when you are distracted, even when you try to leave me, I will never leave you. I'm still going to hold your hand. I'm still going to be there available. I'm still going to be what? Like we talked about Jeremiah. I'm still going to be listening if you want to come talk to me. You want to come look for me, I'm going to be there. He said, all these things are available to you. Even when you mess things up, all those good plans that I have for you, I don't just erase your name. I can't use them no more. They don't messed up. Your name is still etched on there. And he still wants to use it to come to pass. And I want you to receive this this morning and take this away finally. Our mistakes, they don't disqualify us from fulfilling his plans, okay? It's not growing from them that gets in the way. The plans stay the same. It's oftentimes what we do when we mess up that makes all the difference. Our mistakes don't disqualify us from fulfilling his plans. It's not growing from them that gets in the way. Are we growing in holiness? Are we growing in laziness? Are we growing in accountability? Are we growing and blaming others? Are we growing and being good? Are we growing to try to be better? It all falls back to us of how we decide to grow, of what we are growing, of what that looks like. Because his word says through the Holy Spirit, he's going to renew us. The word says that there is always forgiveness available. There's always repentance available that you could come to him, be forgiven, and actually turn from the things that you've done. You could actually use all that mess that you made and make something beautiful out of it. There's actually a lesson in every loss that you will experience. But it all comes back to what do you believe? What do you trust? 
What are you walking in faith and obedience to? Because we're all doing something. Even if you choose not to do nothing, that's still a choice of doing something. So what are we going to do, church? Are we going to take all our mess and say, no, I'm accepting what you said. You said you got plans for me, and I want to fulfill those plans. I want to see those plans through because I know they are good things for me. Because you are holy, holy, holy. You are sacred and set apart. You are Kadash. And your word says that your spirit lives in me. That means that I can be sacred. I can be set apart. That means I can do holy things in this life and reflect your glory in this life. That means the same way that you're impacting me, you're going to use me to impact others. But you have to believe it for yourself. You have to walk for it for yourself. I want to read this out of Hebrews 5. Because this is, this is a tough verse right here. But it's the truth. It's like looking in the mirror when we've been disobedient. It says, there is so much more I would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain. Especially since you are spiritually dull and you don't seem to listen. You have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you still need someone to teach you the basic things about God. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature. Who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. It's like I said, church. God's plans for us never change despite what we choose to do in this life. He gives us the free will. Man, do what you please, but I want you to come to a place that you're doing what pleases me. His plans don't change. But his plans can also change us if we choose to pursue them. We can be holy because of our nature that is born through Jesus Christ. We can be set apart and do things that stand out and glorify Jesus. We are sacred because of our connection to the living God who is sacred, who transforms us and helps us impact the world. Maturing our faith does more than bring discernment to recognize what is wrong and right. It can lead us to heights that we couldn't have dreamed of for ourselves, but it's always possible with God. So that means he has your name with something. And it's always written there. That means from the time that you're little and you're birthed in these dreams and these visions of things and you think there's no way possible I could see that. People are telling me I'm not there. I can't do that. God says, man, if you would just grab my hand and walk with me. If you would just take that one step in front of you. That's all I'm asking. I know you're afraid. I know you're scared. I know you don't have all the things that you think you need to accomplish it, but trust that I do. Trust that no matter the times you get distracted, that you mess things up, that I'm not going to abandon you, that we're going to use those things and we're going to be better because of them. So that's my challenge for all of us this week is this: we will keep getting better. It will never stop, church. We will keep getting better. You know, today, if you just try to be 1% better today than you were yesterday and you did that for an entire year, you will be 365% better than you are today. It's just 1%. It doesn't sound like much, but that's the beauty of God. He don't need much. He can do anything, but all he says is 
Join me. Become available. So how do we keep getting better? Man, we keep working towards his plans. Say, God, I got some ideas and some plans, but I'm trusting yours because yours are better than mine. Mine don't always work out so good, but yours are bulletproof. Even when the path changes, it's still on the right path. Even when things rise up against me, it doesn't mean that you're going to leave me by myself. You said we're going to take care of this, that I have your authority, that I can overcome all these things. We keep getting better when we are working towards his plan. We keep getting better when we choose obedience over our fears. There are going to be things that you're afraid of. There are going to be things you've never done before, you've never seen before. And God's going to say, do you trust me? Do you love me? Do you believe I'm capable of this? Then let's do this. And you have to be strong enough to say, okay, Lord, I don't know how that's going to work out. Let's do it. And then he's going to do something else. And then he's going to reveal another plan and another plan. And it's always going to be grander and bigger than what you could have thought for yourself. And all you got to do is take the step in front of you, even when you're fearful. Because remember, fear can be a healthy thing. Fear could be something that drives you to be aware of something that isn't good for you. Fear could be something that helps you, man, just understand when you are not pleasing the Lord. Or fear could be an enemy that is keeping you from the things of God. Fear could be something that is trying to keep you down because it's afraid of what you're going to do for the kingdom of God. So if we allow our obedience to overcome our fear, we can keep working towards being better. And just know that it doesn't always have to be perfect. We're not always going to be obedient like we want to. We're not always going to be on the right path. Sometimes we're going to mess things up, but God is still faithful. He said, man, let's take that stuff. Let's talk about it. Let's use it. We don't take losses around here. We take lessons, okay? Lord, I messed that up. He said, I know, I know. Let's sit down. Let's figure out how you messed that up, why you messed it up. Let's figure out how to be better because of it. When we keep doing these things, church, we're going to keep getting better. We're going to look back at yesterday and we say, man, I'm better today than I was yesterday. Look back a year later and be a whole different person. Look back five years later, you're a whole different person. Man, let's keep getting better, church. Let's not just accept being good. Let's accept all the things that God has for us in this life. Because he has some amazing things. I look at y'all and that's what I see. I say, man, God, I don't know what you plan to do with them, but I'm excited to see it. Because you took me across the world, Lord. Lord, you've allowed me to become a pastor. Lord, you've helped me be a part of a church being planted. Those are things that I shouldn't have done. But these are part of your plans for me. And by just walking with you, I've seen them come true. So I'm excited to see what you're going to do with everybody in here. Because you have amazing things for them. The things that people said, oh, they can't do that. I'm like, yes, they can. You don't know their God. You don't know. They can't graduate college. They're going to be the first ones. Yeah. That's going to happen. They can't start no successful business. Yeah, they can. Because the Lord said, I'm going to bless people with this business. The Lord has good plans for each one of us. And it starts right now. It starts by taking what we're doing right now, giving it all to him. Saying, okay, Lord, I know that where I'm at might not have been what I envisioned. But I know it's part of your plan to get to another part of your plan, to another part of your plan. Because he has plans for you. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you. Your word says that you want to choose us to be an instrument that is holy to impact lives in this world, Lord. And when we think about ourselves, we say, Lord, you cannot use somebody like me. And you say, that's exactly what I want to do. 
You said you have plans for us, Lord. Not just one thing that you want to do in our life, but multiple things that are specific to each person who have you given life to in this world. So help us receive that. Help us believe that. Help us walk in all the things that you're capable of and not settle for anything less, Lord. Help us be better today than we were yesterday. Help us keep getting better. Keep working towards your plans. Help us choose to be obedient even when we're afraid. And when we mess it up, Lord, will we use it to be better? Will we not run away from you and hide with shame and guilt? But will we come and lay it at your feet and say, Father, I need help. Father, we thank you that you're gentle and you're kind with us, that you're stern, you're firm, that you are a God that doesn't keep us where we're at. Just like Jesus, Lord, you never meant for us to stay where you meet us. It's supposed to be a starting point to launch us to where you want us. So help us continue to be led by you and glorify you in all that we do. Father, we love you and we thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now we're going to go to a time of worship. If you need prayer, we have prayer team members in the back. And let me say this, church. Anytime that we're talking about anything, don't be afraid to clap. Don't be afraid to hallelujah. Don't, whatever the Spirit puts on your heart, don't be afraid, okay? Lean into what God is speaking to you in that moment. Lean into what God has for you. Exalt yourself. If God says, man, I got I to gotta praise the Lord right now because he's speaking to me. He's saying some things to me. Man, don't be afraid of that. You're not getting on my nerves, brother. No. I say that because too often we are timid. We, I don't want nobody to see me clapping. They're going to think I'm crazy. I don't want to. No, man. Because you know what? At the end of the day, it ain't about the person next to you or the left to you. It's about the one above us. It's about him because everything is on to him. If none of y'all were here, guess what? I'd still be here because he told me to do this. And it's for him that I'm doing this. I love y'all. I want y'all to be grow from all this. But I don't do this for y'all. I do this for him. Because he said, if I, I want you to be a part of this. So I just say that. I just want to encourage you, okay? Because I want to be a church that is comfortable in all that God has for us. But let's worship the Lord right now.